Today's episode of Wizards After Dark is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. A new episode of Wizards After Dark, this one from an undisclosed location in Long Island, New York. Well, well, part from an undisclosed location in Long Island, New York, because that's where I am. But I got a guest over in Tennessee who, who downloaded Skype specifically for this podcast. And that guy is Garrison Matthews. Thanks for coming on, man. No, I appreciate you having me. Well, so so you're in Tennessee right now, right? Yeah, I am. So what have, what have you been doing? Like, what is your life right now? Well, I mean, the good thing is here I've got a uh, home gym that I work out at. Um, a close friend of mine um, was real nice enough to let me still use his gym. He's got a half court and he's got a weight room. Um, so I've been using that. And then other than that, man, just playing a lot of Xbox, spending time with my family. Um, I've been looking for places to live, um, trying to find an apartment here. And then uh, spending time with my dad up in Kentucky as well. Are you bored? How bored? I should even ask you, how bored are you? Yeah, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun at all. What what's it's been, the it's been crazy. What's the way you stay in shape? Cuz like you can do your workouts and you can do your things, but even over the summer now, like back in the day, way 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 back in the day, NBA players didn't do NBA stuff during the summers, you know? They weren't mm-hmm. they weren't doing these pickup runs with other players in LA and in New York and the other big cities, like those sorts of things weren't happening. They were they were just kind of chilling, and that's why training camp was a million years long because everybody would come in mm-hmm. out of shape, and then they just work mm-hmm. their way back in the shape, and then maybe by January they'd be back in the shape. And the standard is totally different now. Like guys are doing stuff all summer long. Basketball is such an interactive sport, and you know a million times better than I do that being in good shape and being in basketball shape are two different things. So, so how are you actually staying in basketball shape right now? For sure. I mean, I have, I still do, I do my individual workouts with my trainer um, here. I mean, yeah, I'm fortunate that he, he pretty much comes with me everywhere. And so we work out whenever we can. And that's pretty much how I'm staying in shape. It's just by doing some of the workouts we do and the individuals with the Wizards. And he picked up on some things that they do. And we do that as well. I mean, that's, so that's basically how I'm in shape. And then me and the guy I work out with uh, at his house, we, uh, we have a lot of competitions like on the fan bike, the rower, ski machine, stuff like that. And I try not to do conditioning much running wise just to keep my legs healthy for the long season during the off season. So I, I do a lot of fan bike. I do a lot of rowing, a lot of ski machine, stuff like that. How do you do in the competitions though? <laughs> well, they're, they're pretty tough. He's at, he's like 40, but man, he gets after it. He gets after it hard. <laughs> who, who is so this? It makes me fit. Who is His this mystery 40 year old? His his name's Steve Ryan. He's got he's got a half court in his house and a uh, and a in a in a weight room and he's he lets uh, kids come and just work out at his place. I mean, he's a very giving guy. So I mean, me and him will go in the morning or go in the afternoon, whatever, and it'll be just me and him sometimes just going at it in the weight room. It's 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 a good way because I I I look at him as kind of my strength coach. So he's he's always trying to push me. And even though he's forty, man, he gets after it. So it's. It definitely helps me out. All right. There's a question I've been wanting to ask you on the record for a little while. I haven't asked you. 
Are are you the best football player on the Wizards? The best football player? I don't know. I, I'm sure some of them would disagree. I'd say I'm one of the best wide receivers for sure. I don't know who I don't know who on that team has has been a DB in the past, but I would, I would go up against them for sure. If you're like if you're drafting Wizards players to play in a pickup tackle football game that the team is playing, who uh-huh. who's your who are you picking? Who's your who's like your first pick, second pick? I mean, first I would say you got to go with Brad. I mean, you see how athletic he is, and <laughs> in the preseason we would do. Uh, to warm up, we'd do some like football throws and like runs and catches stuff like that, and we would just play around with that to get warmed up for our basketball workout. But I mean, if first pick, you got to go with Brad. I mean, you see how athletic he is, and I'm sure back in his day he played football for sure. Um, so that's my number one pick. I have a sleeper pick. I feel Who's that I feel like Ish Smith would be a really good slot receiver. I'm sure he would. I've never seen his hands, but the dude is so quick. I bet he would be a really good slot receiver. I bet he'd be so good. And if John Wall's healthy, man, that yeah, good. true that. But if you're playing defense, you want to have a nice little middle linebacker. You got to go with Admiral. Oh yeah, <laughs> he'll check, he'll, somebody coming in a slant, he'll check him real quick. Admiral could just play anywhere. That dude, <laughs> that dude is amongst amongst the. It's amazing because we're both around incredibly tall and large people for mm-hmm. our professional lives. And it's it's pretty rare now because I've been covering the NBA for five years. It's pretty rare that I see someone I'm like, I'm kind of taken aback by how big a guy is, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Admiral's shoulders, man, are ridiculous. And he's huge. He's huge. Even like when I played against him in college, I looked at him and I was like, that dude, why is he not playing football? <laughs> yeah. There are some... There are some guys like the college basketball players who go the football who don't go the football route, and you wonder like, what could that have been? You know exactly. But I mean, he's playing in the NBA now, so I mean, can't fault him for that. How good of a football player were you? Yeah, I was pretty good. I mean, I wasn't special by any means. I mean, my speed probably uh, held me back a little bit. I mean, I was two twenty five back then, so I wasn't as fast. Um, you know, I was I had pretty good hands, and I was a six four receiver, so it was tough for high school DBs to to cover. Uh, and we had a good quarterback. He uh, he's playing at BYU right now, um, and I think he's about to grad transfer to I don't know where he's going to grad transfer to, but he's got a few offers, I think. So I mean, we had a pretty good team, and we had I don't know eight and two uh, season stuff like that. But we always we always got kicked out of the first round of the playoffs, which was horrible. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but we always kind of screwed that first round has uh what's this rookie year been like for you like you're going back and forth there's kind of the uncertainty of who am i practicing with one day who am i practicing with the next you have the big bust out game in january what's what's the year i mean there's been so much crazy stuff in the nba this year too right with like the china stuff Mm -hmm. and kobe and now the season being suspended what what has this season been it's been for me personally it's been pretty big up and down i mean I, I go through preseason then i get hurt i'm out eight weeks then i come in try to got to get back in shape and do all that then i then i play for a few weeks then i roll that ankle and i'm out for another whatever five six weeks and then trying to get back in shape so it's it's been kind of a, a roller coaster for me but i mean i wouldn't trade it for anything i'm in been in the best spot for me and a lot of guys would want to be in my position so as, as much as of a roller coaster it was, it was I mean it was amazing to be able to play those NBA games and play with those guys in the G League I mean can I complain for sure so can I throw you under the bus for a second 
Go ahead. I'm going to do it. Right. It's my podcast, so I can do it. It is. It is. <laughs> um, word is that, so John Wall has been practicing with the go-go. And word is. <laughs> I think I already know where this is going. Yeah, I think you do know where this is going. Uh, word, is, word is that a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was during your last practice of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys were doing one-on-one drills. Mm-hmm. And John received a pass in the one-on-one drill. And you were squared up against him. And John dunked you, just dunked on you and sent you into another universe. With a lefty slam, <laughs> he did. He did. So it was, it was a drill. It was a it was a closeout drill where you had to you were in the you were in the uh, shrink or whatever. Then you you close out to your guy. Then you go back to your shrink. And then then you play live one on one. I was I was ball watching and he he caught the ball. I turned around. He was already going by me, and I tried to catch up with him and, and jump with him, which was a bad mistake because he. <laughs> he put it on my head and it was bad and uh, <laughs> I heard it from everybody in the gym, but it was, it was just crazy how sneaky athletic he was. I mean, I, I was not, I was not expecting that whatsoever. Cause that was, that was that the first time that you've like squared him up. Yeah. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, I'm gonna try, I'm a guard John this time. And <laughs> I jumped out there and just banged on my head. It was, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. But, you know, it happens. It happens. That's, that's also like, John, At least it was John Wall that did it, you know. There's no shame in being dunked on by John Wall. I grew up, I grew up watching the dude, and you know, my my dad went to Kentucky, and I had been a I had been a big Kentucky basketball fan growing up, and so obviously watched him as a kid, and getting dunked on by him wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, did he give you grief for it after? He didn't. I was expecting to, but he didn't. It was everybody else that was. Get yeah, John's pretty like. He's pretty stoic. It was like he expected it. Yeah. You know? Well, because he's like, it, it, I do it all the time, you know. <laughs> because he's a confident dude. He is. He is. Well, so how has he looked during those? So I we're recording this on a Thursday right now. Uh, mm-hmm. The on I don't think this podcast is actually going to come out until Monday. Uh, by then, I'll have had a story out on on John with the go go by that point talking about because I think I'm going to have some come out on Friday with the story of just kind of how John has been with the go-go and all that. Um, how has he looked? What's it been like practicing with him, practicing against him, seeing him kind of every day during this recovery? No, it's been fun watching him and fun playing with him. He makes everybody around him better. And you know, it's funny when you see guys coming back from injury, you know, a lot of them are sometimes tentative and trying to get back into the field of things. But I mean, he'll jump into people. He'll drive as hard as he can to the rack, get fouled, whatever. I mean, he plays as hard as he can all the time. And it's uh, he's a really good leader in the huddles. He's calling out plays, telling people where to go, stuff like that. And so it's 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 kind of cool to see his leadership. Um, and even on the bench, like during the Wizards games, like how how big of a leader is and how he sees things on the bench. Uh, he just you know he just makes everybody around him better. And it's I mean who doesn't want to play with a guy like that? I just want to take a quick break to tell you guys about all the work we have going on at The Athletic. Obviously, there is not a lot of sports going on right now. There's pretty much no sports going on other than the NFL offseason stuff. And where I personally believe that the way that we cover sports at The Athletic is kind of catered extremely well to what's going on in the sports world because we're encouraged to take so many risks, because we're encouraged to go and take these big swings, and because we have this kind of unique to the industry way of covering sports. And in my opinion, it's as good of a place as you're going to find sports coverage as anywhere. And especially with 
with non-NBA stuff, with stuff that isn't work to me, with my baseball following and all that kind of stuff, I'm craving sports coverage more than pretty much any time ever now because I just need my fix. I need it. A Yankee story comes out from Lindsay Adler, and I need it. And I'm sure people are feeling the same way about their sports. If you are looking for The Athletic and you are looking for sports coverage, you can sign up at a discount right now. You can get a 90-day free trial. On top of that, if you want, you can go to theathletic.com slash wizardsafterdark, and you can sign up for 40% off on an annual subscription that comes out to about $36 for the year. Again, it's theathletic.com slash wizardsafterdark, and you can sign up at The Athletic for 40% off on an annual subscription. Check it out. Now back to the podcast. Ish Smith was telling me earlier this year that they, you guys had a game against, it was Atlanta. You guys had a game against Atlanta, and Atlanta was icing pick and rolls against him with, uh, I believe it was John Collins. And mm-hmm. Ish kept trying to dump it off to AP when running those mm-hmm. pick and rolls. And at halftime, John came up to him and said, you know, if you go one extra dribble as opposed to trying to dump it off to the roller, if you just go one extra dribble right to the rim, then you're going to get a layup. And first mm-hmm. pick and roll that Ish ran, first side pick and roll Ish ran in the second half, and icing the pick and roll, by the way, for the listeners who don't know, means basically they're just trying to push Ish towards the sidelines with that coverage. First play, Ish takes the extra dribble that John advised, and he goes right at the rim. And Ish was saying to me, like, he has all of these little tidbits, especially as a point guard. He has all these little tidbits that he shares with me throughout games and throughout the season, and it's, it's kind of changing you know, the way he's viewing particular plays, particular uh, coverages, opponents, all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't think people quite realize how well John knows the game. You know, like he, mm-hmm. he has that kind of value from a basketball perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see when he's talking about being a coach or a GM one day, I mean, he could definitely do that. I mean, he sees it so well. I mean, when he's playing too, I mean, he, I mean, it's, it's clear that he studies the game and, He's been doing it for a while, so he's he's a very very smart vet, and it's and it's cool getting to just listen to him and learn from him. So January, or I should say, very end of December, you and Jordan McRae and Yam Mahimi have that incredibly exciting game where you guys all went off against Miami, and you had a career high twenty eight in that game. Mm-hmm. You get back to your locker at the end of that game. And the three of you were kind of the the ensemble stars of that game, right? Jan had a career mm-hmm. high. You had a career high. I think Jordan had the second highest of his career at the time. You go back to your locker. You check your phone, presumably in the locker room. How many texts do you have? Around 400. Was it really that many? <laughs> yeah. Over those next, like, two weeks, I had, like, 600. It took me a while to respond <laughs> to everybody. That is so many. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot for sure. Because I... I, NBA players get so many text messages. Mm-hmm. Who was the most random person who came out of the woodwork after that game? I think somebody that I went to elementary school with that I hadn't, I hadn't, that was the only time I'd ever talked to him, I think, but they said they'd, you know, they'd uh, went to elementary school with me or something like that. <laughs> some Something crazy like that. Was it overwhelming? It was. I mean, I felt I've always been a guy that tries to respond to everybody, and um, but it's when you get that many, man, it's hard to. And uh, so I still try to go through and respond to as many as I can, and I've gotten worse about not responding to all the texts I get. But it it was overwhelming. But then it, it shows like how much support you really do have. 
you know, and, and it's obviously a great feeling and having that support has been, has been a lot, especially for my family. You know, you get a lot of texts from your family and that's, that's important as well. And something that I don't overlook and something I care about daily. So how I, I remember earlier this year, you went on a podcast, with Chris Miller and Chris had, mm-hmm. Chris had your grandfather on and, yeah, he did. and your grandfather was pumping you up big time. Uh, what was your family's reaction to that game? I mean, they love it. I mean, I've, I, I <laughs> stuff like that, man. It's it, it makes me feel weird because I've I've always hated when my family posts about me on social media and I like bragging and stuff like that. I mean, I know in their eyes they see the support, but I don't like the attention like that and. Sometimes I get into it with my family a little bit, but I mean, I know they love me and support me, so it's, I just gotta gotta let it be. Sometimes I guess. I mean, you you've had some other really good NBA performances since that game. That was just your career high, but but mm-hmm. at that moment you hadn't really had much of an opportunity, right? And that was really the time mm-hmm. when so many guys in your guys' roster was hurt, and you guys needed some people to step up. And you're playing Miami's a really good team. You needed some people to step up, and you were starting to get it from places that a lot of people didn't expect them to, from from you, from Jan, from from Jordan, from Troy Brown had some big games. You know, the 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 guys who were either, you know, middle of the rotation or end of the rotation or out of the rotation were coming in and kind of starting to step up and, and have good performances. What's We're all surprised on the outside. Yamahimi goes for 25. We're all surprised. How does a team react to that? Like in a locker room, what is what is that reaction? I mean, you saw. You, uh, I mean, it was all over Twitter the locker room reaction after that game. I mean, we we we've got a bunch of teammates that care about other people's success, and it's a lot of fun playing with guys like that. I mean, you even saw when Bonga had his career high and and Ish had a great game, and they they all showered them with water. I mean, it's we've feel like we're developing a culture where we all care about each other and care about each other's success, which is huge for team success. I want to ask some individual stuff for you. Cause I, I, I need to get your take on this. Do you think defenders are ever going to learn how to close out on your jump shot? <laughs> I don't see. I think it's, it's, it's hard cause they have to close out hard on me or I'm going to shoot it. And I've shown I can drive a little bit as well, so I mean it's it's hard. But when they're closing out long and I ju- I naturally jump forward on my shot, I mean I it's either they're gonna have to learn to start jumping to the side or or what. But I mean it's something that that helps my game out for sure. But you don't just jump forward; like you jump forward a lot, and you also you jump to different places. Like there's some guys yeah. who might you know like JJ Redick for example. JJ Redick jumps up and lands in the same spot. You know, the balance there is like insane. He could be curling off a screen and he plants when he receives the ball and he spins and he takes off and he lands in the exact same spot. Davis is like that too, where he just kind of is always squared and he lands in the same spot. You're more of like, Mm -hmm. like Marco Bellinelli, where you're Mm -hmm. just kind of flying left and right. You're cool with the off balance stuff because it it doesn't feel off balance to you. Um, yeah. So it's not like you're you're taking off from from one spot and every time you're landing 15 inches in front of where directly in front of where you took off it it flies differently and like how many threes have you been fouled on this year like so many 
More than I did in college, I'll tell you that. Way more in college. So why is it why is it why can college defenders close out on you but NBA ones can't? I I don't know. I don't probably because they have a lot more film on me in college than they did in the NBA. Like college guys did. So that that probably has something to do with it. Right. And you're you're more of a central part of the scouting report, so they're actually looking at you. Oh, for sure. And being like, watch out for this. Yeah, for sure. That's true. Yeah, exactly. It's a fascinating part. You know, because, you know, Jam- but also, Jamal Crawford was, was the king but also, like, Yeah, but also I wasn't known for just shooting in college. Like, I did a lot more things college-wise. Now my game's a little bit geared to more just straight shooting in the NBA. So I think that had a little bit to do with it as well because I drove a lot in college. You'll, you'll pick it up every once in a while and, and kind of go at the yeah. rim. You've got that, you got that little, like, uh, underhand floater and, and if you can't get all the way there. And you'll, you'll, you'll pick it up. You got something there. Even even that game against Miami, you you had you had a couple times where you went at the rim and and went there. But yeah, you're right. I gotta, I gotta work on my finishing for sure. I mean, guys are a lot longer and a lot more athletic now, so it's it's something I'll work on in the off season and even just driving and like finding guys on the perimeter. Like I try to do that as much as I can because um, I mean, guys are knocking down shots in the NBA at a high clip. So I mean, you you drive and kick, they're crashing. I mean, it's it's an Usually, it's a very high percentage three. How um, how hard is it to be able to? Because you're in two leagues, and this isn't this problem isn't specific to you. It's true for every two way player. But you're in two leagues. That means you have to know personnel mm-hmm. for NBA teams mm-hmm. and G League teams. Do you have like twice the amount of work for studying scouting reports and studying film and that kind of stuff? I mean, not really. I mean, the good thing is, is we how how close the G League is in our organization to the Wizards. So, I mean, we're all in the same facility. We're all we're pretty much running the same stuff. And the G League uh, staff, they do a great job of – I mean, the whole organization, they do a great job of scouting and giving you reports that you can look at and uh, be familiar with guys. And we're watching film on guys. And so it's – they really do the work. And I just read what they put down on paper or watch what they put down on film. So what they do is far more harder than what I do, just watching and learning it. They actually have to put all the stuff together for me to actually learn it. And so that's that's super helpful when it comes to being a two-way. Yeah, that's the thing I always wonder for two-ways. Because, like, you also – you know personnel well for a rookie. I mean, I, I've I've written about this with specifically your defense. Where like, you'll – You'll mm-hmm. close out on the guys you're supposed to close out on. You'll when you're on the weak side, you'll sag into the lane when you're guarding guys you're supposed to sag into the lane on. How how are you figuring that stuff out in your rookie year? Is it just scouting reports? Are you watching film yourself? What's your like? Uh, what's your pre-studying process like that? Well, you know what's crazy is I never watched NBA any any NBA games. I never watched it. Didn't really care about it until I got here. Um, which is funny, but I saw I watch a lot of NBA games now, and Congo does a job and make sure we know what we're doing. It'll drill in our heads before we before the games. Um, but I I mean I know as a rookie if I screw up on defense once I'm coming out, so I do the best I can to. And plus, just you know, just playing super hard. If I make a mental mistake because I play so hard and try to play fast, sometimes it makes up for it and makes it look like I did something good, even though I miss mentally made a mistake. You know. Um, so really, to be honest with you, like our coaches do a great job in instilling that. And I know as a rookie, if, if I mess up, I'm coming out. So I try to minimize that as much as I can. 
Your teammates ever get upset with you for going too hard in a practice? I got, yeah. Preseason was, uh, they they for sure, I mean, diving on balls and accidentally hitting somebody or whatever. And Coach Brooks said something about it. But it's, uh, it's just the way I've always played. I mean, I try not to tone it down. It doesn't matter where you are in the season, in the beginning, whatever. I try to play as hard as I can. And so it's never malicious for sure. It's just the way I play. All right, let's hear it. Who'd you accidentally hit? What'd Scott Brooks say? Let's hear it. Well, the first time I accidentally hit Bradley Beal, and everybody's like, what is this guy doing? I was like, dang, I messed up right when I did it. (laughs) I don't remember who the second one was, but, yeah, it was – it wasn't the smartest thing I've ever done. I'm just, I see a loose ball and I'm like, I got to dive on it, you know? <laughs> Dude, it's like a dog when he sees a tennis ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Don't, don't attack your, 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 your all-star when you're in practice. Exactly. Exactly. And as soon as I did it, I was like, oh, great. What did I just do? Yeah. The, the Thank goodness it didn't do anything to him. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's got to happen. You know, we, we get to watch small portions of your practices every once in a while. And I vividly remember, and I'm sure based on knowing these two guys that this is not the only time it's happened. I vividly remember Thomas Bryant going hard at the rim with the ball. And this is like during a scrimmage and Mo Wagner Mm -hmm. coming in and trying to take a charge on him in the middle of a Mm -hmm. team scrimmage, which is like not a thing. And uh, Thomas Bryant goes up, and tries to dunk on him and Mo goes flying back and they're just these two huge dudes playing <laughs> playing their asses off in this scrimmage with the media standing right there and watching Mo screams cuz he thinks he took the charge Thomas Bryant screams cuz he thinks he got fouled and I saw this look on Scott's face cuz Scott gets Brooks gets he can get intense and he has this look mm-hmm. on his face I could see it for a quarter of a second of Oh God, not again! <laughs> and well, I'm sure deep down he loves that kind of stuff. Oh, I mean, he's sure. a hard-nosed dude. Even like he had to fight for everything he had going in the league and and playing wise. So I mean, he he loves that kind of stuff. And those are two emotional players. So when you got, they're gonna play as hard as they can, and they're gonna get upset if it doesn't go their way. So it's it's uh it's fun to watch them play, and it's you need guys like that on your team because they they bring the energy every day. I mean, when you have somebody that takes a charge or somebody that dunks on somebody, I mean, you, you see the bench's reaction. You see the whole team's spirit just lift up just from that play right there, you know? I'm not so sure you could have a coach who loves that kind of stuff more than Scott Brooks does. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a funny guy. He's, I mean, but he's feisty. Like, that's how he, he is. played in the league he for is. 10 years because he did that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And he played mm-hmm. in a violent era. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, he's a, he's a great coach. I mean, he's coached some of the greats too, as well. And I, I mean, I just from t- playing two K. I always used to play with Oklahoma City two K twelve, and I knew who he was very well just from that. And so it's it's funny that I get to play for him now. So is that like a crazy thing for you? Is that surreal that like you grew up rooting it for is. John Wall and now he's your teammate, and you grew up playing with Scott Brooks's team on two K and now he's your coach? It is, and I remember. I do remember like every every uh so I did watch I did watch like uh playoffs back in the day and in college and high school and I just remember Isaiah Thomas going going crazy and on the Celtics and remember how good of a player and and it was when I saw he had signed with it, I was like, Oh man, I get to play with Isaiah Thomas too. Like it's it's just crazy. Like as a kid you don't like especially me, I didn't think I'd have a chance to be in this position that I am. 
and now I'm getting to play with these all-stars and, and it's just, it's a, it's a different feeling for sure, but it's, it's humbling. Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you, uh, you taking your time and coming on and downloading Skype and really, really going through all the, uh, the entire podcast process in order to help out. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on this one. Yeah. We should do it again. Uh, I will be back with another episode. Yeah. I'll be, uh, I'll be back with another episode. I don't know, maybe later, later in the week or maybe next week. I don't know. The schedule nowadays is like crazy. I don't even, days of the week don't even mean anything. So I'm, I'm not sure when the next episode is going to be, but like I, like I said last week, there's still going to be at least one episode a week during this time. We're not going to have games for a while. I'm hoping to do a few more podcasts like this. I think that's, um, that's going to be plausible. Garrison, thanks again, man. This was very cool of you. I appreciate you for sure. Right. I hope you uh, hope you stay safe out there. Yeah, same to you, and same to everybody listening to this podcast. Like, wash your hands, stay home, don't touch your face, go out if you need to, and and apparently, if you want to stay in shape during this time, go down to Tennessee and work out with a forty year old man who's a beast. Uh, we'll get after it. Yeah, we he is. We, we'll get after it for sure. <laughs> All right, I'll be back soon. I'll talk to you guys then. All right, man.